Hello and welcome to the show. Today uh, we are going to be talking about the pros and cons of a parenting coordinator. This is a topic that has come up quite often lately with uh, several of the guys that are in our group <clears throat> workshop. And so we've been discussing uh, and, and actually talking in extensive detail about the positives of and negatives of a parenting coordinator as well as a decision maker. Uh, some of the states don't have that decision maker part of it. And uh, actually, some states just don't even have uh, a parenting coordinator. But uh, here in the states there, I think there are 10 that have some uh, 10 states that have some very specific rules around parenting coordinators and how to utilize them. And uh, some of the other states utilize some some other names for parenting coordinators. But we're going to talk about uh, some of the pros, and then we're also going to talk about some uh, of the drawbacks around doing that. But before we do so, uh, please welcome Brad, Ashley, Ionut, and Tyler to the Divorce Advocate community. If you are not a part of the community or you are just tuning in for the first time, check out the website at thedivorcedadvocate.com and find some more tools that can help you during this challenging time. The divorce quiz is one of those, a great way for you to gauge where you're at in your divorce compared to others who have gone through it. It takes about 10, 15 minutes and it'll give you some immediate uh, results. And if you want to dive deeper, become a member of the Divorce Advocate community. Inside the uh, membership, there is these full podcast episodes as well as full blog posts. There is a app with more than 50 courses that uh, will help you through your process here, as well as access to group meetings and discounts on individual coaching. So check it out at thedivorcedadvocate.com and let's get you the support that you deserve and need. All right. Our, our practical advice. So it's been a while since I've done a practical advice episode, and this one is around the pros and cons of a parenting coordinator. And so I'm not, I'm sure I'm not telling you something that you don't already know, but uh, going through this, this time and getting through the divorce is challenging enough. But once you do get done and you do have a parenting uh, plan and a divorce decree and it's all signed off on, then you actually have to execute it with a co-parent. And as we've talked about a lot before, that it takes two people to have a relational dynamic in the uh, in the marriage. And so also post-divorce, there is going to be a relational dynamic as well. And sometimes because uh, we are getting a divorce and because we know that this person is somebody that we are no longer able to make decisions with together may have been one of the reasons why we've gotten a divorce that that dynamic does just not automatically change right off the bat. And so this is where a parenting coordinator can come in to uh, help you to mitigate some of these challenges, some of these misunderstandings. Sometimes it's just the mere fact of having a divorce plan, a parenting plan, and a divorce decree that just is not written very well or or is very specific. One of the things that I talk with guys about when we're 
when they're in the process of this and getting to the end of uh, of the process and, and getting the divorce either signed off on or going to trial is that they be very very specific in the uh, in the language of the parenting plan and or the divorce decree because it's better to have very specific stringent criteria in there than to have it be up for interpretation. Uh, it's easier to loosen the grip on it, if you will, uh, for the both of you than it is to try to um, increase the grip after the fact, which oftentimes ends up having to go back to court or at the very least involving attorneys at a significant uh, dollar amount and expense in order to get things uh, resolved and clarified. So if getting and and then even if you do have it written pretty airtight then there are still some things that are up for interpretations or you have could have a an ex that is just very difficult and challenging or even at the worst uh, litigious and just wants to keep things going on and on so that's where a parenting coordinator can come in and be useful so one of the main things that is a positive about uh, a parenting coordinator is that they're professional. They're qualified professionals who are specifically uh, or especially trained in matters concerning mental health and family issues. So they have a thorough understanding of the complexities of divorce and its impact on the family. Oftentimes, and I would say probably usually, they are uh, attorneys that do this in addition to being family law attorneys. Uh, so they do have experience dealing with various family matters and co-parenting issues. So the role of that parenting coordinator is to facilitate co-parenting decisions and resolve any conflicts in a fair and impartial way, which we'll talk about, which could be some, one of the cons if they're not, uh, that we'll talk about later. But uh, they're supposed to do it in a consultative way and manner with both parents and with the best interests of the children as the primary concern. So uh, they are professionals. They are people that are in the industry and work usually in some capacity, some other capacity in the industry. So they have a pretty good working knowledge and understanding of the, the courts, the systems, et cetera. The next pro of using a parenting coordinator is they are good at keeping parents focused on the proper priorities. So even when there's a significant conflict or disagreement between parents regarding what the property custody arrangement for the children should be, parenting coordinators often have a knack for helping parents realize and understand that their disputes may negatively impact their children's behavior in life and that the decisions they make should be based on what they believe to be in the best interests of their children and not their own wishes. This is where they can help sometimes to um, to separate the emotions from what uh, parents need to be doing and focusing in on for for their kids. So, you know, divorce and separation can be extremely stressful for children, and the parenting coordinators help minimize that stress by meeting mediating between parents to solve disputes, and while also guiding parents to keep their focus on what is best for their children. Now, again, that's always 
that is always with the caveat that the parent has the best interest of the kids in mind. So some just don't, and some just don't work from that mindset, whether or not you have a parent coordinator or not. But some, oftentimes the parent coordinator can help to, uh, to guide that perspective uh, of putting the kids first. The next pro of using a parenting coordinator is they are strong mediators. Like I mentioned, they are oftentimes attorneys or in some way involved with uh, the court system. And so parenting coordinators act as a mediator between parents and help facilitate healthy communication between them by focusing on the major issues in dispute and offering possible solutions. Now, with that said, not every uh, mediator is a, uh, it, or every uh, parenting coordinator is a very, is a good mediator. Uh, just like every attorney is not necessarily a good uh, trial attorney or a good negotiator. So just because they are one doesn't mean, or they are a parenting coordinator doesn't mean that they are, uh, are strong. And I highly, highly recommend interviewing a parenting coordinator if you're considering or a parent a parenting coordinator if you are considering one if you're agreeing there's a couple way they can, a couple ways that they can get assigned to your case or that or that you can end up with one if you will and one is that you're coming to agreement to to have one to utilize one or to contract contract with one in agreement with your ex or soon to be ex. Now that's the best way to to do it because then you can choose one that you both like that you can feel good about working with. And if you have one, if you have an ex that you can that you can communicate with and and you can choose one with that will help you to just work through any misunderstandings of the the parenting plan. Then that's the best way to go about it. Now, if one or the other does not want one, then they have to file a motion to. Uh, have one appointed by the court. And then that's where the court will decide to what extent this parenting coordinator will be involved in your life. And so obviously you would rather not have the court be deciding on things that you don't want for, or you do want for your family. You'd like to do that yourself. So if you can get that agreed upon yourself with your ex or soon to be ex, that's probably the best way to go about it. And in that vein, just make sure to set, spend time in interviewing ones to see and know how strong a mediators do you think or feel they will be? You won't get a hundred percent feel, but you'll be able to ask some good poignant questions in an interview. The next pro of using a parenting coordinator is they can keep you out of court. So parenting coordinators devote their time and attention to helping parents resolve conflicts on their own and without the need to seek court intervention, thus removing the stress and uncertainty that comes from having a judge who is not intimately familiar with the circumstances, nor do they really want to become intimately familiar with your circumstances uh, or the lies and family dynamics and make, and the parenting coordinator can make decisions that directly impact both parents and their children without uh, print or the courts will can and will do that sometimes, not sometimes all the time, make decisions that directly impact both parents and their children without parental impact and agreement. So, and that's if you're in a high conflict, it goes to court, there is a trial, and then the court makes up their mind. So again, if you can avoid that, that is the best way to do it. The uh, parental uh, coordinator can help that. 
not always. Again, if you just have an argumentative ex or an ex that just has no incentive to ever negotiate or come to terms and settle things, then it just doesn't matter if you have a parenting coordinator or not, because I've been involved in a situation and they're just going to want what they want and keep trying to get it until they're absolutely told no by the law. And the judge orders something that may be contrary to uh, what they're looking for. So that's the case where they won't keep you out of court. But if most and most people are rational and want to have uh, some sort of come to some sort of agreement and not have to go through the painstaking process of going to court, hiring attorneys, going through the, all that process. So they can definitely, definitely uh, keep you out of court and help you to resolve things in an amicable way. And that is always a good thing, not having to uh, appear in front of a judge, state your case and roll the dice with whatever is going on with that judge or magistrate on that day. All right, those are the pros. Let's talk about four things that are potential cons of using a parenting coordinator. The first one being they can get expensive. Like I said, these are usually attorneys or in some way involved in the family law system. And parents can become overly reliant on parenting coordinators during the process and end up contacting them often and requesting frequent meetings. And as you can imagine, the cost of using a parenting coordinator can really add up. Um, here's, here's a way in which you can try to mitigate some of that is um, by having a termination date. So you can, uh, if you're agreeing upon it, you can set that for a year or two years. I know here in Colorado, if the court does uh, on their own or through a motion uh, or a contested motion, uh, assign one, I think the maximum amount of time they can do is two years and then they would have to get reappointed. So um, if there is no termination date determined by the court on the use of a parenting coordinator, parents may be obliged to consult with them and therefore pay them every time they have a dispute to resolve until their child reaches the age of 18. Now, again, like I mentioned in the opening, different states have different statutes around these. I think there are actually only 10 states that act, that have some very specific ways in which parenting coordin uh, coordinators can work. And then the rest of, of the states have it, I, I'm assuming, in a more loose manner. So, it can get expensive, maybe not quite as expensive as having a or having to hire an attorney and, and mitigate or uh, mediate the stuff through a, one attorney to the other side's attorney, but uh, it still can get expensive if you've got somebody that is just not cooperative and is going to want to continue to argue over every little thing and has no incentive to just uh, come to any terms or to negotiate or to compromise. So that is a con. The next is parenting coordinators can become a crutch. Oftentimes, par oftentimes parents will rely on parenting coordinators as a permanent decision-making mechanism. As you can imagine, this uh, prevents parents from figuring out ways to work together to solve disputes and make child-related decisions together. Uh, resulting in a persistent dysfunctional relationship between the parents. Again, this is an unhealthy dynamic, whatever it may be in your relationship that is causing you to 
to divorce and to separate ways. And the last thing you want to do is uh, add another dysfunctional relationship or a way in which you do relate with the other per, uh, person. And so this can be a drawback, particularly if one parent is constantly going to the parenting coordinator for things and it goes on and on and on and just will not learn to uh, have to come and really act like an adult and figure out what is in the best interest of the kids and compromise on what that might be. So that's a way in which it can become a crutch uh, and more and more challenging. Again, if you've got just somebody that is high conflict, does not want to uh, resolve anything and is not going to uh, do anything, whether you have a mediator or a parenting coordinator and is not going to solve anything unless a court's going to tell them, maybe a parenting coordinator is not such a, a great idea because you're just prolonging and uh, extending the expenses in which in, to which you can get some sort of resolution around any particular issue. The next con of using a parenting coordinator is decisions made by a parenting coordinator are not always satisfactory. Parents will rely on parenting coordinators as a permanent decision-making mechanism, which in turn prevents parents from figuring out ways to work together to solve disputes and make child-related decisions again together. And this is very uh, similar to um, to uh, the parents' uh, parenting coordinators becoming a crutch because you may not be happy uh, that's with with what's uh, with what comes up, and so I've had an, an experience in having a parenting coordinator uh, and the decision made by the parenting coordinator that is not satisfactory, and that was that the parenting coordinator just changed the rules in the middle of uh, middle of our mediation, if you will, with her and said one thing and then decided to do something else. And so you are at the whim of somebody that is going to potentially do something that they want to do and how they want to do, even if that means changing their mind as to what the rules were or changing the rules, if you will, in the middle of the game. And so the decisions made by that parenting corner may not always be satisfactory. Now, with that said, I'll say I will add that um, most cases that uh, that I've heard of, the parenting coordinators are really looking to help find resolution around this uh, uh, around this specific circumstance or situation that you're bringing in are trying to do it in an impartial way and are looking at it from the standpoint of what is in the best interest of the kids. So um, while it might not always be satisfactory, it is typically, they typically have a process. But again, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, which is spend the time in interviewing these parenting coordinators. You have the opportunity uh, to make that decision as to who it would be if you guys are negotiating to have this written into your divorce decree or one of you, one of one or the other of you wants to have this as a motion you're trying to get it agreed upon before going to court now once you do a motion if you're not in agreement to this then you might not be able to choose who it is that you want so again if you can try to negotiate this and figure out uh, who it is that you're going to use then you can take the time to interview them and make sure that you're comfortable with 
maybe their decision-making process. And that's a question that you can ask them is how, what would that process look like and how would you come to your decisions? Those are really good questions to, uh, to ask. The last con of using a parenting coordinator is they are human. Parenting coordinators are not infallible and are subject to human emotion. So uh, maybe an initial negative first impression of a parent or a personal bias or partiality can affect the decision-making process, which includes decisions on which parent a child resides with or how much time he or she spends with each parent. Now, look, guys, I, I'm not telling you probably anything that you haven't already experienced now, but uh, that is a huge consideration for us dads in the family law court. So if you're getting a divorce, um, just keep that in mind. If you're, if you're listening to this and, and you're not in the process, or you're not uh, through the process that you are uh, going to, as a dad, have a, a, a an uphill uh, battle, particularly with things like, uh, uh, personnel, uh, personal bias or partiality uh, in, in decision-making. And that just goes uh, all the way up and down the, uh, the chain of, uh, of family law court from uh, attorneys to, to judges and magistrates. So pay attention to that. That does not, that uh, could potentially extend to your parenting coordinator. Again, I just said it several times. Take the time to ask the questions to the parenting coordinator, interview them. Uh, if you know somebody that may have worked with them, find out what their experience was because <clears throat> there are ones that are out there that are incredibly biased. Same goes for parental responsibility evaluation. Same goes for child and family investigations. Same goes for anything else. Make sure, gentlemen, <coughs> excuse me, you are taking the time to educate yourself uh, about every process in the divorce, uh, in 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 divorce court, in family law court, read those statutes, statutes in your uh, given country, state, county, whatever it might be, so that you are up to speed and know exactly what's going on. Do not just rely on an attorney or anybody else to help you make those decisions. The attorneys know the law. The attorneys don't know your family, don't know the dynamic, don't know what's in the best interest for you. They know how to work through the system and help you to get through the system. You are the ones that needs to make those decisions uh, and be the coach of your divorce, if you will. The attorneys will be an important part of that team, maybe the quarterback as well, financial planners, therapists, Co uh, coaches, etc. But you are the one that is in charge. So take the information like this uh, that you're getting today in this episode of Practical Advice, as well as any of the information from any of the other podcast episodes. Listen up to everything that you can uh, and learn as much as you possibly can about divorce and the process. Talk to others. That's where coming into the community here, the Divorce Advocate community, and getting on group calls, which we've got one coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. Mountain. You can check out the details at the uh, Divorce Advocate website uh, and, uh, and get registered there on the membership site for a free seven days. And you can jump on our call this Saturday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time and talk with the other guys. That's where, um, that's where we trade a lot of information talk about uh, the experiences, those of us who are down the road 
in uh, having experienced divorce can share. Um, but even if you are in it, there are guys that talk about their experiences in it. And uh, we've gotten to the point where we've got uh, enough. Uh, we, we've got enough reach that we have guys from different states uh, here in, in the United States that are able to connect in California and New Jersey and Texas. I think there are some of them where, where guys are talking about and sharing their experiences of uh, the court systems. And so that is the goal here. The community is to uh, proliferate this to the uh, extent that uh, we're sharing all of this with other dads who are either contemplating going through or just uh, having experienced divorce so that uh, you can get the support that you need. It's uh, hopefully something you're not going to go through more than one time because it is uh, difficult, challenging, and stressful. But uh, that's why uh, we have built this community here to help support you through it, to lift you up and uh, give you what you need, the tools and resources to uh, get through it. Promise, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there is a life that is absolutely glorious once you get through with it and uh, your your kiddos, your relationship that all can and will improve. So if you are in the midst of it and you are in difficulty and challenges and lots of pain, I've been there. There are literally thousands of guys that are listening to this episode that uh, are going through it uh, with you as well. And there are tens of thousands of guys that uh, have listened to these episodes over the last three years that uh, have gotten through it. And I hear from them and and they do share that life has gotten better, as difficult and as challenging as it was going through it. So I promise you that uh, that it will get better get involved, get engaged, don't self-isolate, and um, most importantly of all, take care of yourself through the process. I hope you found some value in that today, the uh, Practical Vice episode, pros and cons of a parenting coordinator. If you did, please stop right now and leave us a comment in the comment section of your podcast platform. That is the number one way in which you can help us. Number two way is you can share this episode somewhere on your email list or on your social media uh, feed so that uh, other divorced or divorcing dads, or even you may have heard Ashley's name, one of the people in our uh, community now. Uh, we have lots of uh, mothers, sisters, uh, girlfriends that do get involved in the community to help uh, brothers and sons and boyfriends that are experiencing um, or have experienced divorce and are needing some help and support through that. So if you are a woman listening to this, I uh, sincerely appreciate this. Share it with somebody that you know that needs it. We all know somebody. We know all, all know a dad who has or is going through a divorce. So share this information with them. It may change his life. Thanks so much for listening this week. Have a fantastic week and God bless.